This is Melbourne calling. Welcome to Granny Bingo Wireless. Remember, do not resuscitate. Toodle pip. Hey, come over here, go over there. Don't be scared now, yeah. Lift up your head, hold out your hand, pull up your pants now. Why did you pull down your pants? We only just met, but that's why I like you. People connecting, grandma's laughing, nostalgia and ethnic dancing. And that uh, that was uh, you're a sap, Mr. Jap, which is an old uh, uh, wartime song. Murphy Sisters, I think it was. It was a terrific uh. old song, which I haven't heard for years. Of 1930, probably late 30s or something, I'd say. Mm, I loved it. And uh, what what are you, are you reading the newspaper, love? We're about to start the yes. podcast. Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh, really? Oh, sorry. Sorry, love. Uh, hello, everybody listening. This is Granny Bingo Wireless. My mm. name is Edith Vale. Mm. And this is my best friend in the whole wide world, Maureen McGillicuddy. Hey, gang! What's happening, dudes? <laughs> and, uh, of course, we're joined by the dumb, desperate and dateless Caroline Springs, who was here yeah. as well. I'm so sorry, love. I am reading the paper. I'm reading mm. about this. This Captain Tom. Have you read about this? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I've heard, of, I've heard about him. Yeah. <laughs> this is the bloke over in the UK. And a uh, hundred years old or something, you yeah. know, d- did a hundred laps of his backyard and they gave him $33 million and now the Queen's going to bloody knight him. What a bastard. Oh, you're Absolute joking. That's terrible. Oh, come on, you know. Oh. He's, had, he's been given enough. He's lived a hundred years and, you know, I had to do a hundred laps of our backyard last Wednesday. Yes. Uh, for people listening, not in Melbourne, uh, last Wednesday we had some dreadful storms and I remembered that we had the uh, washing out on the line. Yeah, yeah. I ran outside and I had to chase Maureen's knickers around the backyard, I reckon, about a hundred times. No one gave me 30. Three million pounds. Yeah, and they should. They should, too. And they should. They should. That should be an Olympic sport, catching your knickers, love. They catch a lot of wind. They're very good at that. Yeah, they're used to it. Have you... Uh, uh, so so what, did they, what did he raise the money for, 33 million? The... the uh, nurse. 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 Nush, nush. N H S. I have right. no idea what No idea what, what that is. might be a, like McDonald's or something. Ah... Uh, Oh, good. All right. Well, let's move on from uh, Captain Tom then. <laughs> let's, we don't have to talk about that well, anymore. You don't so want to talk we'll about just, we'll, that's all right. You don't want to talk about this bloke? No, no, no. Have a look at this picture of him. Oh, oh God. <laughs> what, why are you having such a visceral reaction to this picture of Captain <laughs> that's all Tom? That's completely fine, Edith. There's no, nothing what? to worry about. Oh, God. I've never told you this, Edith. Oh, here we go. Uh, what's, what's wrong? This Captain Tom, I, I know him. Do you remember after the war when we came back to Australia? They flew us back in to Darwin. That's right, yes. There's not much left of Darwin. Yeah. No, yeah, but it was the cheapest place to land. And, uh, and then they, they brought us in by boat to Sydney Harbour. Yes. To drop us off. And, and you, you, went, you went stayed on the ship. And went. That's right. <laughs> I can't believe it. I've never told you, and I feel sick. And then you went back down to Melbourne, and I stayed in Sydney for a month. Do you remember that? I remember. Well, Captain Tom was on that ship, and he got off in Sydney as well. And I, I was in love with him. We fell in love during the war, and I, I followed him to Sydney. He was the reason I left Edith, and I'm sorry that we fought about it. I can't believe you never told me this. Oh, what ended up happening? Well, 
we went to the casino. There was an illegal casino in King's Cross in, in Sydney. It's probably a poofter bar now, I'd say. But we went there one night and I won £812,000, Edith. Wow. It's, it was the biggest prize ever. They they had to pay me in instalments. It was worth a lot, a lot of money, money that I've never seen before in my life. And I thought about leaving you. I thought about leaving and never telling you and starting my life with Tom. And one day I woke up and he was gone. Just gone. Serves you bloody right. I'm sorry, Edith, but but he was gone and he took my money with him too. And and I wrote to him and he wrote back to me and, and he told me that he'd buried it in the backyard at home in England. Right. In Yorkshire and, and, and that he'd be back to give it to me and we'd spend our life together and we'd... we'd We'd start life together, but he never came back, Edith. He never, ever came back. And right. he kept all that money. And that's why he was walking around his backyard, because he couldn't find where he buried it. Looking for the money. In today's money, it's worth £33 million. Pounds. Oh, my God. Oh, Edith, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? All right. Oh, thank God, Edith. Thank you for thank you. I knew you'd understand, and I'm. I'll, it's it's been a, the weight of the world on my shoulders this whole time. Well, it serves you right. I mean, you've always hated nurses and doctors, yes. and now that money is going to nurses and doctors. Oh. So, quite frankly, I think you've gotten what you deserve. Never trust the older man. He was ten years older than me. I was swept away. Lesson for the listeners. Don't worry about agony grands this week. This is all the advice you need. Don't trust older men. I'd forgotten you lived in Sydney for a while, Maureen. Mm, yeah, I loved it there. It was beautiful. I lived in Elizabeth Bay. I had a little apartment we rented there and I worked in the laundry. Yeah, it was, it was beautiful. But then he left me. <laughs> oh, well, I see, I would have been there to help you, love, but I refused to go to Sydney. I'm not much of a Sydney girl myself. For those international listeners, there's a, there's a strange rivalry between Melbourne and Sydney. There always has been for many years. And uh, Melbourne always thinks that it's cooler and it's edgier. And Sydney yeah. always thinks that it's, you know, it's it's the big brother. It's the leader of the country. Yes. Well, they got a bit ahead of themselves. I mentioned King's Cross before. When I lived there, it was a very quiet and beautiful place near the Navy Barracks. Yes. It was the only trouble we ever had around there. But uh, it was very quiet. And, and in recent years, it's returned that way. Everything shuts at 10 o'clock in Sydney and there's no bars left. So it's gone back to the way it was. It's two very similar cities, but with everything a little bit slightly off. In fact, did you know that we now have a rival podcast up there, love? I haven't heard about this uh, what, another two old women are doing a podcast? No, it's two old blokes. Oh, that'd be right. Doing a rip-off version of our podcast. You're joking. Yes, here, I'll look, I'll play some for you. Hang on a second. Okay. It's called The Sydney Gramps. Okay. Uh, here we go. Here, I'll play some for you. You've seen them at the park, touching themselves on the bench. They're not who you think they are, those Sydney Gramps. Just leave my dinner at the door. And 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 then and then the um then the woman says, "No, you can't come in. You're not even on the pension." <laughs> Herb, Herb, what? What? <laughs> no, Herb. Um, oh. She said, "No, no, you can't <laughs> come in. You're not." You're not <laughs> um, oh. You're right, you're right there, Herb. 
You okay? <laughs> All right, well, we might move on to the uh, to the next segment, which... Uh, <laughs> in a glass of water. All right, well, we'll... Just... <laughs> Move on to what we've been watching on the telly. <laughs> See, it's all. I mean, how boring is that? Just listening to a couple of old blokes yeah. just natter on about their personal lives yeah. and stories. No and, one wants oh, to hear that. Dreadful. And probably all garbage made up stories that they're telling anyway. Yes, oh yeah, it's probably old bullshit. Not for me. That's not for me. <coughs> Are you right, Edith? Yes, I'm fine, sorry. Oh, good. And now it's time for a word from one of our sponsors. Due to errors that we're blaming on a thousand businesses, the Australian government has revised the JobKeeper numbers down by three million. In a totally unrelated matter, positions are now available at the Australian Treasury for people who can do maths good. If you're a gun at doing plus and takeaway, our skilled team of plus and takeaways needs you. As an entry test, can you calculate how many errors a thousand businesses need to each make to inflate the numbers by three million? We tried and got minus six, but we don't think that's right. The government is also hiring in other areas. We're looking for a... Wait, I'll do, wait, I'll do that again. I'll do that again. We're looking for audio editors to put together our commercials. If you have an eye for detail and can edit out the mistakes... That, is, that, is that right? That doesn't make sense. Wouldn't it, like, eye for detail? Would that ear for detail? I don't know. We're also looking for someone with good English words to write our commercials. Finally, we have an opening for a full-time sexual harassment officer. Oh my god, wait, 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 she's, that's her. That's her, she's coming back, she's coming past again. Oh my god, she's so fucking hot. She fucking loves it, look at her, look at her, she's begging for it. What's this? Hey, hey, hey love, you want some of this? <laughs> no, I have my cock out, I got my cock out. I showed her my cock. No, I did. I did. She fucking loved it. Head to the Australian Government website for details. All right. Well, we're about to do a brand new segment, uh, which is very exciting. This is my brainchild. This is something I've been pottering away at for a little while, as Maureen will attest to. We've been down here in our COVID-19 <laughs> bunker. Going mad. Uh, just going mad. But the last week I have been just writing away, page mm. after page. Uh, this is a segment uh, that I'm going to call Accents That You're Not Allowed To Do Anymore. Oh, yeah. You'll know, Maureen, and a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, will agree that there's a lot of accents that you're not allowed to do anymore. Can't do it anymore. Back in the olden days, if you were ordering Indian food, for example, you might read the menu in an Indian accent. Yes. And it's not a racist thing to, to call, you know, the waiter. Charlie Chan or something. I don't know his name. I don't work there. I don't know the man. That's not a racist thing. That's well, it was and it wasn't. It was racist. I'll give you that. But it was okay to be racist at the time. Anyway, I've made a list here of 32 of my favourite accents that you're not allowed to do anymore. Okay. And I'm going to be uh, showing off my acting Oh, my God, Edith, bit. watch I'm out. Going... Watch out. Oh, my God. Watch out. Behind you. What was that? Uh, what oh. was uh, was that a ghost? Yeah, uh, it wasn't Caroline. Caroline's chained up over there. What? I, I don't. I don't want to scare you, Edith. 
footed boy. Remember when remember when we were in Vietnam and we were on a day yes. break from, from touring and entertaining the yes. troops? And I got oh, yes, my yes. palms read by a little Vietnamese woman in Hanoi. Yes. Uh, well, she said that I was I was spiritually in touch. Uh, and to be honest with you, I've kept seeing ghosts ever since. Uh, right. There was one behind you, Edith. I don't want to startle you. I had no idea that you were in touch with the other world, yeah, love. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I see the dead and, and, and I, I'm a conduit, I'm a medium for the dead. Really? And, and, and I can tell people's fortunes and... By reading their tea leaves and things? No, no, no. My The way I do it is uh, when people make rum balls, I oh, can yes. read the way that the desiccated coconut lays on the tray afterwards and that tells wow. me a lot about their future. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I see it. It's, it's a curse, not a blessing for me. It it, it haunts me every day. I can't uh, believe you've never mentioned this, Maureen. Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I'm feeling very spiritual at the moment. I, I believe something's you know stirring within. Maybe, I don't want to interrupt yours because yours sounds very good, but I can tell the future and I, I don't think that you doing... Uh, accents that is actually going to go down as well as we think it will. Well, I mean, you're you're the fortune teller, love. Well, perhaps you could use your powers to mm. do a brand new segment. Okay, let me just get my glass balls out. Feel the energy. The spirits are with you. Show me your power. There's a ghost standing right behind you. You have terrible spiritual energy. Welcome to Mystic Maureen. Aries, your bold and ambitious personality will see you alienate most of your friends and family in the coming weeks. However, you're tough. You'll see it through with the normal grit and determination as you always show and find a new family soon enough. Taurus! Taurians thrive in a quiet and calm environment, just like their bull namesakes. The world is a total mess right now. Go back to bed. Gemini. As a Gemini, you love being busy. Stop organizing Zoom trivia nights for your friends. Everyone's sick of that. Cancer. Your innate ability to feed off the emotions of the people you're with and to be empathetic is a strong asset, especially when it comes to helping your loved ones during the COVID-19 pandemic. Just be sure to speak clearly when you tell people you're a Cancer. People can get very upset if they don't hear you properly. Leo, <laughs> you're a show-off who loves the spotlight, which means you're gay. Hopefully you already knew. Virgo, you know the meaning of hard work and diligence to get the job done. Later this week, you'll get nits. Libra, have a laugh when you catch yourself having a conversation in your head. Well, that's a sign of a severe mental illness. Seek help. Scorpio, it's often said that Scorpios are the most misunderstood sign in the Zodiac. Due to the passionate and fiery way that Scorpios approach life, they're thought of as a fire sign, as opposed to the fact that they're actually a water sign. But they're also rude ourselves most of the time who lash out at those closest to them. Sagittarius. Your ever-dwindling ability to communicate effectively will make your eyes twitch with rage. Don't worry, old Morsey is a Saggy too, and I agree. 
They're the ones that are wrong, not you. Capricorn. This star sign is symbolized by the sea goat, a mythical creature with the body of a goat and the tail of a fish. Which is ironic, because that's what Caroline looks like, but she isn't a Capricorn. Aquarius, your natural care, compassion and empathy for other people and the environment means that every decision you make, not just this week but always, is for a good cause. It's a shame you waste your votes on the Greens. Pisces, take care of yourself this week. You take on the weight of the world and all of the stresses of your friends and family. With the growing odds that one of your friends may lose their job in the global economic turndown, there's even higher odds that you'll take on that pain as well. If it does happen, and you find yourself inclined to take on their stress too, block their number and delete them on Instagram. May the spirits be with you. Goodbye. This is your man, Flo Rider. Hey, what's happening? You your home applies, man. Hey, you yo, know what's poppin', man? It's your boy, Bow Easy, man. Check it out. <laughs> Granny Bingo Wireless. Edith, we're back on, love. Oh, sorry, sorry, love. I'm sorry. I can't put this bloody paper down. I'm just trying to get to the obituary so I can see what all our friends are up to. Mm. But I did notice here, Donald Trump, did you see this, has been taking uh, the anti-malaria uh, You're joking. Pills. Show me that. I see. Yes, to keep people safe from the COVID. Well, that's not a new idea, is it? We've been doing it to Caroline for a while, actually. We've been mm. uh, doing some experiments. We got a little bit of funding. Um, because the City of Melbourne decided not to give us any funding from their arts grants, that is the City of Melbourne Arts Grants, who decided not to give us a single cent, you would think, as a couple of performers who perform in the City of Melbourne, <laughs> constantly, <laughs> who have been directly affected by COVID-19, might have got you know, a couple of dollars from the arts mm. grants, but unfortunately no, not okay. a single cent. Oh, that's a shame. Bastards. Anyway, after we didn't get that, we decided to apply to Monash University uh, to get some medical grants for a bit of research mm. into COVID-19. And we managed to get, um, I think it was $2.9 million dollars. Um, yeah, yeah. So we've just been giving Caroline various different medications to see if it stops her from getting the COVID. And and malaria pills are one of the ones we've been working on. And guess what happens? Exactly the same thing. Turned orange. Turned orange. Turned, Turned orange. orange, yeah. So it might work, but there is a side effect with it, I think. Yeah, and, and we've discovered that. I think that the $2.9 million has paid itself off. And, of course, you might be sitting there wondering, how did they get $2.9 million for medical research? Uh, I can tell you very, very simply, we just presented Caroline's uh, war record, and yeah. she was very heavily involved in uh, medical research during World mm. War Two. She was. Very yeah. heavily involved. Mm. So that that's why we got our money, sticky backs. I think more politicians should let the world know what kind of medication they're taking to stave off the mm. COVID-19. For example, I, I think some of the Australian politicians could probably tell us what they're on. I know uh, for a fact that Josh Frydenberg is on Panadine Fort. Best treasurer since Peter Costello, mind you. Why do you think he's on Panadine Fort, though? <laughs> because if you look at uh, any photo of, of Josh Frydenberg taken in the last four years, it looks like he is constantly constipated. Right. I do see that now that you mention it. Yeah, yes. yeah. I, he has not I, that I, man has not taken 
a good shit since the Rio Olympics. Yeah, I know. You can tell that now that you've said it. I can say it. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder. I, 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 I got the newsletter. I'm a member, of course, of One Nation. They send a newsletter out, and uh, Pauline wrote a letter at the very start saying that she's been trying cough drops, sort of lemon drops. Well, you can tell by her face. Yes. Yes, you can see the difference. She looked a bit more sour. And I know Michaelia Cash. She was very avidly uh, touting the benefits of a curry. Look at us giving away medical advice. We haven't even gotten <laughs> started with agony grand. Should we, should we get... <laughs> For our listeners, this might be your first time listening uh, to Granny Bingo Wireless. Hello and thank you. We like to do a little segment every episode where we help you out by letting you write us letters about your lives and uh, we give you a little bit of advice. Maureen's got a couple here. Do you want to read the first one, yeah, love? I'll read the first one. All right. That to me. Thank you. Here we go. <coughs> uh, hello, Granny Bingo Wireless. Uh, my wife and I were supposed to be going to Japan to see her family next month for our one-year anniversary, but we've had to cancel because of the bloody COVID-19 flight restrictions. Uh, I'm struggling to get my money back for the flights. Any tips? And can you think of a nice way to celebrate the anniversary? Preferably not too expensive. That's Nick from Glenelg. Wow, there's a lot to unpack in that letter, isn't there, Maureen? Mm. Uh, hello, Nick. First of all, I uh, don't approve of mixed marriages, uh, so personally I would yeah. not be celebrating. No, me either, me either, me either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, it's not so much that I have a problem with the two of you being in love. The problem is that marriage often leads to children and then we have a whole lot of halfies walking around and I don't want that. The other thing that I notice in your letter... Nick, is that we've got you saying things like, oh, the bloody COVID-19 flight restrictions. I'm struggling to get my money back from the flight. You know, you sound like someone that hates frontline workers. These poor people working at Tiger or wherever you buy your flights from, uh, it's not their fault that this entire crisis is happening. You absolute bastard. You're, you're probably the kind yeah. of bloke that walks into the bakery and can't get the sourdough and so he screams at the poor bitch behind the counter because he can't get the bread that he likes. Well, that's not someone that I would want to be married with. So I recommend to your wife, and Nick, you know what, Nick from Glenelg, I'm going to read your full name. Nicholas John Lane from 14 Haversham Street in Glenelg. Nicholas's wife, if you are listening, I think you should break up with this bastard because he is the kind of person that would scream at someone that works in a bakery. And not only that, he is clearly a tight ass as well. These poor airlines, Nicholas, they are going bankrupt. They have absolutely no money. And here's you complaining on the phone to them 24-7 that you want your money back. You probably got a discounted flight with Jetstar for $129 return. Nicholas, leave them alone. Nicholas's wife, ditch him. Divorce this bastard before your anniversary, love. And you know what? I'm sorry that you married a bloke like that in the first place. Oh, or maybe grab her a bunch of tulips or something. They're oh, very yes. fresh at the moment. And a great range nice. of colours yes, too. That totally. really oh, good luck, Nick. Good luck with that. I Look, I, I know there's a few people in that same situation. Of course, listeners, if you want to write in like Nick did and get some advice from us, you can get in touch with us mm. on our social media, can't they, love? That's right. Edith Vale and Maureen McGillicuddy on Facebook or at Granny Bingo on Instagram mm. as well. 
We welcome any type of question, any type of question. Just send it on through, girl. Of course, you could ask us uh, these questions in person via cam this Monday, couldn't they, love? Because we have a very exciting event happening. Now, this episode will be going to air on uh, Sunday, the 24th of May. That's correct. Which means that tomorrow, on Monday, the 25th of May, at 7.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, uh, we will be hosting our regular bingo night live online via zoom now you can go to our social media channels and uh, buy a ticket you need to have bought the ticket uh, by 5 p.m on monday the 25th uh, in order to play and watch and perhaps you could ask us a question in there as well yes Yes, we, we want to make sure that we chat to anyone anyone who's been to one of our bingo nights in Melbourne or Sydney or anywhere around the joint in, in Adelaide. You'll know that we love to have a chat with you and get to know you and, you know, pop you in the spotlight for a little while and let you have your time in the sun. And so we'll be doing that via Zoom too, so make sure you do your makeup. <laughs> you might be on camera. And uh, Nick from Glenelg, perhaps you and your lovely wife could pop on and make a little date night of it. <laughs> All right, shall I read the next... Oh, you? Oh, here, here's the paper, here's the letter. All right, thanks, love. Uh, this one says, Dear Edith and Maureen, love the show. Thank you very much. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I live and work in Sydney. Oh, one of yours, love. They must be a very smart person. <laughs> they could be. I am 35 years of age. So am I. Oh, pull the <laughs> other <Twins>. one. <laughs> I work in hospitality management and I am embarrassed to say I have... Oh, my goodness, this is a bit rude, Maureen. I what? have never had sex. <laughs> oh, Nothing wrong with that, you know. Um, I have been seeing my boyfriend for about six months now. Uh, we will be seeing each other for the first time since lockdown started this weekend. And I think no. I am ready to give myself to him. Any oh, advice wow. on what to do for my first time? Alice oh. from Glebe. Via Facebook, that right. message came. on Facebook. Do I have any advice? Well, look, I, I waited quite a while with my first husband. It was not something we rushed into. Even the dreaded wedding night. I, I first got married in 1949, uh, once the war was over and, and all the blokes were back sort of to normal. And uh, uh, that was the first time I was married. I was 21 years old. And uh, I didn't sleep with him until I was 24. So it was, what's that, th three years. The first time it happened, I tell you, it was, it was a bit of a disaster. I didn't know where I was meant to be on the kitchen bench. Uh, one foot was in the sink and the other foot was rubbing up against the oven and he was doing whatever he was doing. Anyway, it was all a bit of a, a tussle and I fell off onto the ground and hit the ground. Of course, I, I only had a bra on. And I fell onto the ground and sort of hit the flat of my back. You know what makes that noise, Edith, when you hit the flat oh, yes. of your back? Yes. And, and he just stood up against the fridge and screamed and screamed and screamed. And the sound of my back hitting the floor gave him shell shock. Uh, oh, and he... He took a knife to my throat during that situation. He was never an abusive man or anything like that. It was just a reaction. Um, and said some terribly what we would now, I suppose, consider to be racist things to me. Uh, anyway, my we, you know, we were young and we lived with my parents, so my mother and father came rushing into the kitchen to see that side and uh, they, they talked for a lot longer than I talked to my parents. 
Oh, Maureen, don't just love it. You always remember your first time, don't you, love? You can't forget it. I... How romantic. Mm. That sounds beautiful. Alice, hopefully, um, you will experience something similar to Maureen, something lovely and memorable mm. like that. I highly doubt it, though, Alice, Alice living in Glebe. I mean, you're 35 years yeah. old, you're living in Sydney... Mm. Perhaps there's a reason you haven't had sex life. Perhaps it hasn't been so much of a preference as the blokes aren't that interested. You know, who wants to go around rooting some, you know, a hospitality management, I think, is a nice way of saying that she looks after the muffin break uh, down at the Glebe Shopping yeah. Centre, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to root you, love, no. you know. You're, you're thinking about giving yourself to him. I think he might ask for a refund, to be honest do you, with you. Uh, do, I mean, there's got to be something in there about that, that they've been together for six months and... and and admittedly, it's been a while since I've been romantic with a man. Uh, and, and you know, back in the day, it was a relationship right of the man to be able to, to request sex at any point in time. And he, after six months, he hasn't done that yet. And the thing is, Alice, you know, this is you're saying this is the first time you'll be seeing each other since lockdown started. And no one said you couldn't see your partner during lockdown. Your partner mm. has made the decision not to see you. Alice. That's a bit like Anne. Um, she wrote the letter the other week. Her friends didn't come to see her the entire time, and they still could right. yeah. That's yeah, a, a lot yeah. like Anne, yes. Mm. You know, I imagine Alice is 35. As I said, I imagine she, she is a um, muffin break manager. I would say she probably eats a lot of the stale muffins. I would say she's probably a bigger girl. I would say she's a Disney fan or a Garfield... You know, an adult Garfield fan or an adult Disney yes. fan. She might have... Um, I, Anything that they make Duna covers of. Anything they make Duna covers. She'd have a Duna cover. Yes, of. absolutely. I reckon she would have a calendar on the wall of, of Snoopy. Yes. A Snoopy calendar on the wall that she thinks is really funny. Yes. I think she'd have razor-thin eyebrows that she's drawn on because she tried to pluck them herself after watching a RuPaul's Drag Race contestant give a beauty demonstration on YouTube at 2 o'clock in the morning after a couple of bottles of wine that she had by herself. I reckon she lives in a one-bedroom apartment, not by choice, but because no one ever responded to her Facebook call-outs when she was looking for housemates. And I reckon she wears denim leggings uh, to go out in, and no one wants to see you in those, love. And I'm telling you, I don't think yes. you need to worry about your first time because your boyfriend will not be interested in picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, great, great points, Edith. And my, my, my mind flashed straight to uh, an image of, of, of Alice. And I would imagine, uh, Alice, and if this is true, my God, heed my warning, girl, uh, I, I would presume that dinner for you most nights is a row of eight fish fingers with tomato sauce. Uh, enough of those and you will start noticing a specific odour uh, forming within your body. Anyway, Alice, all I can say is I hope it helps and good luck to you. Uh, during, if, the, if it does come to that, bite down on the pillow and uh, hope for the best. Uh, and uh, I reckon it's time for a word from our beautiful sponsors. Introducing a brand new and inclusive podcast that is totally inclusive and brand new and representative of elderly people everywhere in the world and not just Sydney. Your trip to work just got more elderly. Hosted by the really interesting Don Caster and Herb Crust, this podcast will cover everything relevant and fascinating to everyone who is Don Caster and Herb Crust. Don and Herb are inclusive, fun and white. 
Listen to how interesting they are as they take a journey into doing a podcast called The Sydney Gramps. Uh, I booked a taxi to go to the, um, the, um, oh, you know. The doctors? No, no, the, the um, oh, it's the, uh, it's the, um, oh, supermarket. Who? Who? Y- your daughters? No, no, it was, um. Where, where were you going, Herb? What? What? Where, where were you going? Where were we going? Yeah, I'll, I'll get my coat. No, no, Herb. No. No, Herb. Herb, where are you going? Herb, we're at home. You live here. Herb. Herb. Nurse. Nurse. He's gone again. The Sydney Gramps. Download it wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh, welcome back to Granny Bingo Wireless. My name is Maureen McGillicuddy, uh, proudly the inventor of the electric iron. A lot of our listeners aren't aware because they don't teach you these things in school anymore. They don't. At school, I'm, I, it's been a while since I've walked into a high school, but I would imagine they still do traditional home economics where the, uh, the women go in to learn how to cook, mend, etc., they don't put my name up on the blackboard. You're being erased from history. Erased from history. It's it's the modern day book burning, and uh, and you know I changed women's lives. You know you know there's been no I don't think any significant uh, changes to the way that women run the household. Uh, since I created that electric iron, you might know better than me, Edith. Maybe people can write in, but I... Powdered Greyvox. Powdered Greyvox, I would say. Ah, true, true. But a man invented that. Only someone as smart as a man could invent powdered gravy. Speaking of powdered gravy, uh, a little while ago we did a segment where we had a very big uh, special guest on, didn't we, love? Maggie Smith. Huge. And it's just, it really blew up for us at that point because yeah. you don't expect to, to get a legend like that and no no offense to any of the celebrities we've had for celebrity jobs they're legends too maggie smith is hollywood isn't she yeah 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 yeah. she's just recently started writing some erotic fiction now i i'll be quite honest with you i've i've dabbled in erotic fiction i've got a bit of a collection of uh, you know danielle Steele and, and dr seuss books at home you know i'm, I'm not 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 of, not of a prude and uh, she's dabbled in this, and from what I know, I think it's pretty bloody good. She's adapted her own life experiences and rolls into erotic fiction, and um, the response was very good, so we're excited that she sent us a little tape with some more. Yes, she asked if we could play this. Um, she's trying to appeal to an Australian audience, I assume. Uh, so here we go. Here is Maggie Smith for her second appearance on the Granny Bingo Wireless podcast. Good afternoon. I'm world-famous actor and old lady Dame Maggie Smith. Welcome to my daily reading of fiction for your isolation enjoyment. Today's excerpt is rather special. I hope you enjoy it. Deep in the enchanted forest, Harry Potter stood in a sunlit clearing, his eyes wide and his school trousers tenting at the front. He had headed into the forest for one of his daily wank walks, but had begun following the enticing sound of moaning and slapping. The source of the horny sound had turned out to be the hottest teacher at Hogwarts, Professor McGonagall, 
on all fours, moaning loudly as a glistening, muscular centaur aggressively violated her puckered back passage. Harry was astounded at the length and girth of the centaur's enormous member as it slid in and out of her chocolate pleasure pipe. Suddenly, the professor's voice rang across the clearing, and I'll do the accent. Get over here, Potter, and get to work on these hot titties. He leapt at the chance to get his hands on her sweet nips, working them firmly between thumb and index finger, which made the professor moan even louder. They say you're the best seeker at Hogwarts, moaned the professor. Let's see if that tongue can seek out my pulsating love nub. And we'll leave it there. I'll be sharing more of my erotic fan fiction tomorrow. Do take care. Cheerio. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode, love. I cannot believe I it. Believe it. Uh, we haven't heard a bloody peep out of Carol. You all right over there, Caroline? Oh, she's not well. Oh, don't worry. I've redone her ah, chains just good. recently. They, they will hold good, up. Good, good, good. <laughs> uh, well, we are at the end of another episode. Of course, we can't wait until tomorrow night, Monday, the mm. 25th of May, 7.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. We'll be playing Granny Bingo online. As I said, you can play from anywhere in the world. Jump onto our social media if you want to grab a ticket. Uh, but, of course, stay tuned for next week. Uh, we've got a very big episode coming up. I'll be reading the Reader's Digest, a bridged version of Stephen Hawking's Brief History of Time. Uh, I'll be leaking the Colonel's 11 herbs and spices. And I'll be posting myself to Guam. Lovely. But until then, stay safe, Australia. Hooroo, Cobber. <laughs>